One of the reasons I want us to spend a few sessions looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 to 11, is because motivation in doing what's right, especially motivation in loving and giving, is paramount. It's absolutely important. It isn't just the movement of your body in the doing of good deeds. It's the moving of your heart so that when it says here, God loves a a cheerful giver, that means things are not well for a giver who gives out of motives other than cheer. God has other affections towards such a giver. So this is massively important that we get obedience and motivation for obedience, not just raw physical movement of the body obedience, but heart obedience, that we get it right. So, Father, as we ponder now these verses and seek to become the kind of people that Paul is calling into being here, work it in us through the Word, by the Spirit, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's read this whole section and then just focus on a couple of verses. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly, gives sparingly or stingily, will reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully with a, with a view to blessing others, will reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly, not under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work like this cheerful giving. And as it is, as it is written, he who distributed freely, this he is a person, not God. We'll, we'll see that later. He who has distributed freely, he has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgivings to God. So let me just reduce this down now to verses 6 and 7. How are we to give? How are we to give. What kind of giver are we to be? Let's circle them. The point is this, whoever sows sparingly, that's one way to give, will reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. That's another way to give. So we have one, two. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart. That's three. Not reluctantly. That's four. Or under compulsion. That's five. For God loves a cheerful giver. That's six. So there are six descriptions of how we are to give. And this final one, God loves a cheerful giver, is the one at the root 
that explains how to avoid the the ones that are not in sync with it, right? Has decided in his heart. Give as he has decided in his heart. Well, in what sense? This could be negative, but this makes it positive. This means in your heart, love it, love it, delight, delight in giving. This doesn't mean decide in your heart to be begrudging. As you have decided in your heart means the heart is the central place where you really want to do it. You are cheerful to do it, glad to do it, which means that rules out reluctantly, literally from grief, like, oh, no. I'm going to have to give again. It makes you sad, but you do it anyway. Well, why would you do it if it makes you grief, gives you grief? Because there is such a thing as giving under compulsion. Like what? What, what kind of compulsion? Well, maybe avoid punishment. Lots of people relate to God this way, don't they? I just do what I'm told to do because I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to be punished. Or it might mean get people's praise. Like if you give a lot, then the guy who counts the money will think you're really something. That's compulsion. It's compulsion because it's not coming from the heart's delight in giving. It's coming from the heart's delight in punishment avoidance and the heart's delight in people praise. So you can see the heart can delight in the wrong things, right? The heart can be cheerful about getting out of hell and cheerful about getting praise from other people. But cheerful here means cheerful in giving. And this heart choice here means a heart for giving, and so these extraneous motives are ruled out because that's called compulsion. And when we, when we give under compulsion, the giving itself is grievous to us. And we're reluctant in giving it. And so the result of this cheerful giving is that we don't sow sparingly stingily, holding back as much as we can because our heart is not in it. We're grieving. This is a burdensome activity for us. Rather, we have a view to blessing as many people as we can in as many ways as we can, and therefore our heart is a bountiful heart. It's an outgoing heart. And so the upshot of this, these two verses is that all uh, giving is to be glad giving, cheerful giving. We want to give. It is our heart's desire to give. Now, just think about that and broaden that out for a minute. I would broaden it out first by saying um, the Christian ethic, the Christian way of doing right things is never Just do it. So if, if, if your child wants to know why and you say, just do it, that's not a biblical motivation. 
Yes, they should obey your authority, but you should be studying. How can I give my child insights to see that his heart should be cheerful in according authority to his parents? It's never a biblical thing to say, just do it. The Bible doesn't think that way because just do it means you can, you can ignore this. And I would say if somebody tries to motivate you by saying this doesn't matter, they're being, they're calling Paul here a deceiver. They're saying Paul has, has taught that God doesn't really love this. It doesn't really matter to God whether you're cheerful and giving. It just matters. Write the check, for goodness sakes. Here comes the offering plate. It's your duty. Write the check. And how you feel about it makes no difference whatsoever. Have you ever heard that? Have you ever heard people say the Christian life is not about feelings? It's about action. Well, this right here says it's, yes, about action. You give, but it's about having a heart change. That's the first thing. The Christian ethic is never just do it. And the second and last thing I'd say is um, all New Testament commands to act a certain way, to do certain things, are at root, a summons, a call, let's use the word call, a call to find joy in the doing. Wouldn't you agree with that? If, if God loves a cheerful giver and all acts of love are giving, are they not? All acts of love involve some giving of yourself. Some, it may not be giving stuff. It might be giving time. It might be giving a look. It might be giving a smile or a hug or some time spent in silence. Whatever. When we love people, we are giving to people. And this text says God loves cheerful lovers. God loves cheerful givers, which means that every time there's a New Testament command to do anything, that would fall under the category of love, which all of them do. Love is a fulfilling of the law. All the laws summed up in this commandment. You love your neighbors, yourself. All the, all the New Testament commands are commands to give, to love, and therefore all of them are a call, if we don't have it now, to get a cheerful heart, to find joy in the doing, which means we must become new kinds of people. We must be born again. The Bible never portrays activity, even cheerful activity, as though it were merely a human performance. We must seek divine help in becoming the kind of people who find joy in doing what God calls us to do. Next time we ask the question, why does God find love toward cheerful giving? What does it mean that he loves cheerful giving? And why does he love cheerful giving?